This is The Podlight, a podcast by San Jose Spotlight dedicated to independent political and business reporting. I'm your host, editor Nick Preciado. On today's show, we're discussing a proposal from San Jose lawmakers to consider extending voting rights to non-citizens, as well as the county declaring a public mental health crisis. Later this year, San Jose lawmakers will explore an idea that would allow non-citizens to participate in city elections. The proposal has plenty of residents speaking both for and against it. Joining me now to talk more about this is reporter Tron Nguyen. Welcome back, Tron. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So, Tron, let's first define this term non-citizen. Who specifically would be eligible to participate in local elections if this proposal were to move forward? Yeah, so non-citizen is really referring to all immigrants who are not U.S. citizens. Um, this include people, um, who are dreamers. Um, this also include people who hold green cards, uh, which make them, uh, legal permanent residents, but not quite citizen. Um, this also include people who are on a work visa or holding, um, a student visa. And obviously it also include, um, undocumented population in our community. Um, an estimate, um, by the county, um, there's around 200,000 people in the city that would have that would gain voting rights um, if this proposal goes through. And where did this proposal come from? Um, who first brought this forward? Sure. So um, this effort, this plan, um, is really being spearheaded by a pair of local um, lawmakers, um, Council Member um, Magdalena um, Carrasco and Sylvia Arenas. Um, they first introduced it last week on Friday and then held a news conference on Monday um, to really announce it. Um, At this news conference, um, there's a number of local activists, local um, organizations such as Somos Mayfair, um, Siren, Luna, um, Silicon Valley Risings. Um, They're all rallying behind this effort. and a point of contention um, with this plan was um, it was introduced kind of at the 11th hour and um, get tacked on to a list of recommendations that's been vetted by a, commi- by a commission called um, Charter Review Commission, who has spent nearly a year um, looking at the city's constitution and study you know, different changes um, and come up with a list of recommendations for the city to consider. Um, these ideas include um, changes such as moving the mayoral election to presidential year, um, expanding the council district from 10 to 14, um, ranked choice voting, increasing uh, police oversight, among other things. Um, and the pair of lawmakers really just introduced this this new plan um, at the last minute. Um, so that was that was part of the controversy um, around this plan. Right. And so we know that uh, council members Arenas and Carrasco are supportive of this uh, voting rights issue. Where do other city lawmakers stand on this? Sure. So um, the majority of the council actually um, are very interested in exploring um, this idea. So just to be clear, you know, the uh, the vote on that happened earlier this week um, really just authorized um, a study session on this idea. They did not implement this idea. They did not um, okay on anything. Um, as of now, we're just agreeing on a study session to explore um, this proposal. Um, but a number of um, city council members, including Mayor Sam Licardo, 
really interested in exploring um, this ex extending voting rights to you know the remaining population in the city. Um, we also have um, Vice Mayor Chappie Jones and Councilmember Def Davis um, express concerns and opposition to this idea. Um, Councilmember Def Davis um, end up being the only one voting against um, allowing for a study session um, with this plan. Um, she said it's not not a right or fair thing to do, um, and you know she felt like voting rights um, should be reserved for citizens only. Um, another point of controversy of this issue is um, Councilmember David Cohen. Um, prior to the meeting, he has tweeted out um, saying that he would not be supporting this plan because it did not go through the proper channels um, and wasn't thoroughly vetted by commission like the Rules Committee or the Charter Review Commission. Um, but he ended up changing his mind in the meeting and saying that, you know, he's fully support um, exploring this idea. Um, he just didn't want to do it at the same study session um, as uh, when they're exploring the other recommendation that has proposed by um, the Charter Review Commission. Right. And now um, we heard a lot of passionate um, speeches from residents, both for and against that. Uh, give me a couple examples. What were people saying at the meeting in regards to this uh, non-citizens voting rights issue? Yeah. So um, this issue um, brought out a lot of emotion in people. Um, I, I Lawmakers um, listened in, you know, I think more than 200 people um, calling in to talk about this issue. Um, the majority of them um, supported um, this proposal and urged the city to be the leader in championing um, voting rights in the time where um, such rights are being attacked in other states and other cities. Um, but some of them also share the sentiment that Councilmember Davis has, um, saying that, you know, um, although the immigrant communities um, contribute to the economy, contribute to the culture of the city, um, their, their tax money um, allow them to get services um, in the city regardless of their uh, status. Um, and voting rights should be just reserved um, for citizens. What's the next step in this process? Do we know anything about when the city council will have this study session to review uh, this voting rights issue as well as the other charter review recommendations? Yeah, so like I said, at this point, um, all we have is a study session to explore this idea. Um, we don't have a set date on when that's going to happen yet, um, but Potentially, if the city at the end of this, this process decide to move forward um, with this idea, um, the decision still lays in the voters' hands. Um, I don't think this issue is going to go out on the June ballot, um, but potentially it could go to the November election um, so voters can have a decision on it. Um, and this is true to all the other recommendations that the Charter Review Commissions um, has proposed to the City Council. Um, they will study all of them and decide which one to put on the ballot. Mm, that's pretty interesting. It's people who are already able to vote voting on if other people are going to be able to vote. Exactly, yeah. Okay, well, thank you for coming on and explaining that, Tron. 
Hi, I'm Ramona Guevargas, CEO and co-founder of San Jose Spotlight. And I'm Josh Bruce, Executive Director and co-founder of San Jose Spotlight. San Jose Spotlight is a community-supported, nonprofit news organization fueled by readers and listeners like you. You can support our work by becoming a sustaining member with a monthly or annual donation on our website, sanjosespotlight.com. County lawmakers declared a public mental health crisis earlier this week, but how exactly do they aim to address it? Joining me now to discuss this is senior reporter Eli Wolf. How's it going, Eli? Good, Nick. So tell us about this declaration that the Board of Supervisors made. What is this mental health crisis they're talking about? So in a nutshell, the supervisors are concerned that uh, mental illness and substance abuse, uh, sort of twin-related issues, um, are becoming a growing problem in the county and that the government is not well-equipped to deal with it. Um, Supervisors Susan Ellerberg and Otto Lee introduced this referral uh, that cited a few different issues, um, including a uh, record increase in suicides and drug overdoses, a shortage of behavioral health workers uh, nationwide, a lack of psychiatric treatment beds, and an over-reliance on the jail uh, as a place to house mentally ill individuals. So it's a lot of different issues wrapped up together making this crisis. Yeah, and these are all relatively complicated issues. I don't know that this can just be you know, waved away or solved in a short period of time. What are lawmakers planning to do to address these issues? Well, so to that point, uh, there's not a lot that they can do immediately, or at least that they haven't planned to do yet. The supervisors uh, agreed to uh, a series of studies over the next three months to take apart these issues and try to find solutions that can sort of work in tandem with each other. Uh, I believe the goal is for the county to establish a treatment plan uh, for mental health and substance use issues that could be presented back to the board in April, after which they'll take some kind of action. And now what kind of response has the board's uh, decision on this received? On the whole, healthcare advocates are really on board with this idea. Um, we heard from Alan Kamara from the Registered Nurses Professional Association, who said that the county is experiencing what he termed as a silent public health crisis. Uh, this takes the form of substance abuse patients uh, who show up for treatment, get temporary treatment, get discharged, and then end up right back in a hospital or psychiatric facility because there's not really a continuation of care for individual patients. Uh, the, the board also heard from a few members from the Santa Clara County chapter of uh, NAMI, or the National Alliance on Mental Health. They spoke in favor of this proposal, but they also really emphasized that this uh, that the county should prioritize uh, community-driven solutions. So things like making sure that clients can get service in a home-like setting. Okay. Now, I want to go back to just something that um, officials have been bringing up. We've written a bit about this too. It's this issue of warehousing the mentally ill in county jails. Is this something that's actually happening in Santa Clara County and, and to what extent? Yeah. So some people might object to the term warehousing. I think it's a pretty accurate description of what's happening. The sheriff's department recently estimated that about a quarter of the inmates that they house have severe mental illness, and data from the county suggests that the number of folks who have mental illness and who are ending up in jails has actually been rising for years. Uh, The same with inmates who need substance abuse treatment. Um, So, you know, Judge Stephen Manley really addressed this um, during a press conference uh, before uh, the board meeting, where... He, he emphasized that we're effectively criminalizing mental illness by placing um, these folks in custody instead of finding them mental health institutions. 
Well, it's definitely a complicated topic, like a lot of this that's involved in this public mental health crisis declaration. Are there any projects in the pipeline that could help alleviate some of these issues? Yeah, so one of the um, concrete uh, proposals on the board right now is the board approved a new psychiatric hospital last year. Uh, It's going to cost about $233 million and add 77 treatment beds. Um, But the county is still in desperate need of beds. Um, There's a 2019 California Hospital Association report that said the county actually needs about 1,000 more beds to meet its needs. And another way to understand this is that there are approximately 18 inpatient mental health beds per 100,000 residents in the county. The statewide average is 21 per 100,000. And actually, the recommended standard is 50. So we have a long, long way to go before we meet the current demand. Yeah, it definitely seems like it. Well, thank you for explaining that, Eli. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. That's it for this episode of The Podlight, a podcast produced by San Jose Spotlight, the city's first nonprofit news organization dedicated to independent reporting. I'm editor Nick Preciado. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.